Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nomad Neek's Lifestyle. So for today's episode, I have a special guest and one of my good friends who I met here in China. She has lived not only in China, but in some other countries and also taught there as well. So today we're going to talk a little more about teaching in China and elsewhere and traveling and whatnot. So I will introduce you to my friend, Courtney. Hi, Courtney. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> okay, so Courtney, why don't you start by telling us where you are from and kind of how the journey of teaching abroad started for you? Sure. Um, so I'm originally from upstate New York, Albany, New York. Um, not the cool part of New York, sorry. <laughs> um, and I have kind of a crazy story about how I ended up living abroad. It was not in my original plans at all. Um, I was actually a social worker in, in DC and I got a little burnt out, to be honest. Um, I had been working in the social work field for about six years, um, and mental health. So, um, I decided uh, I, I really wanted to learn another language. I really wanted to uh, learn Spanish. And I had been looking into volunteer opportunities in South America, and that wasn't really panning out, um, mostly because a lot of them you had to pay for, which was a little confusing for me. <laughs> I was surprised, like, oh, I have to pay to volunteer. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I had been doing, I had done uh, some traveling in Europe before, and I'd really been wanting to go back. So I signed up for some courses to learn Spanish in Malaga, Spain. Um, so the plan was to go for three months and study Spanish, try to learn as much as possible, and then maybe use that uh, when I came back to the U.S. Um, Obviously, the, that plan never happened, <laughs> so um, I went to Malaga, and I absolutely fell in love with Spain, with Malaga, the Malaga lifestyle. Um, if you don't know of Malaga, it's in southern Spain. It's right on the beach. Um, a lot of people in Europe go there for vacations, so, um, and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. I'm just, um, like, imagining <laughs> it. I'm like, oh, I'd love to be there right now. <laughs> right. Um, it was, like... It, it was the perfect place to start, for sure. So anyway, um, I had gone there on a student visa, um, which I then, ex I guess the visa was for, for six months, even though I had only signed up for three. Um, so I decided, oh, well, you know, I'll stay the full six months. And then people told me, oh, you can act actually, after your visa expires, you can stay another three months as a tourist. And I was like, oh. Well, I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, by this time, uh, my Spanish was doing pretty well, but I was also starting to go broke. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in, the, in that time, um, a lot of people had asked me if um, I taught English, and um, I had never taught before, but um, I had a lot of opportunities to tutor so um, I started doing that. I took an online TEFL course, so I had some idea of what I was doing. Um, that helped a lot. And um, 
yeah, so that's how I got into teaching. And after spending almost a year in Spain, I just had to stay. So, um, sorry, this is a really long story. Yeah, no, it's good. It's interesting. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, I started looking into more full-time teaching opportunities, um, and I found a program. Um, it was called Up International. I don't know if it even still exists because this is obviously years ago. Yeah. Um, so uh, it was a teacher training program in Madrid, and um, you worked in uh, uh, private bilingual schools in Madrid, well, one school, um, and you at the same time you were doing like a teacher training program. Hmm. Um, so yeah, um, that's how I ended up moving to Madrid, and I lived there for four years. <laughs> wow, I can like, oh, so jealous. <laughs> I think that's kind of interesting though, like, I feel like most people who want to like leave their home country and teach abroad, you know, like for me, you study your TEFL in your country and then you leave and you were kind of like the opposite. You just went to like, let's visit, hang out, whatever. And then you're like, actually, I'm going to stay here and just take a TEFL. <laughs> yeah. And I kept extending and extending and my family and friends back home kept asking me, so when are you coming back? <laughs> yeah. When are you coming back? How long were you supposed to be gone for originally? It was supposed to be three months originally. Wow. Yeah. And now what is this? Like 10 years later? Eight years uh, later? This is now eight years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So obviously people at home have gotten used to the fact that I'm abroad now, but yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's really interesting. So, um, okay. So tell us a little bit about... What was Spain like? So what was the visa situation like? I guess like once you got the working visa, what was the culture, the lifestyle, actual, the teaching job itself? Like what was just kind of Spain like? Sure. Um, There's a lot to tell. So first of all, I guess for the visa situation. So all of the jobs that I had in Spain, um, I was actually given a student visa. Um, There was some kind of loophole that they found where they considered us students that um, any pay that we received was a stipend. Um, so it was like, it was basically easier to get us visas that way. So were you taxed on that or not then? No, it was tax-free. Hmm. Um, and we also got um, like free health, free private health care too, which was really nice. Wow. Um, I wonder um, if that still exists. <laughs> um, so the, the program does still exist. I actually have a lot of friends that are still doing okay. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're, you're not paid a lot of money. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. It's like barely enough to get by. You really have to look for other side gigs to support yourself mm-hmm. if you want to have any kind of fun, do any traveling, things like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I taught a lot of private classes. Um, I ended up finding um, an academy job that I did in the evenings, um, teaching adults actually, um, that I really liked. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I supported myself while I was there. So in terms of like the, just while we're on the topic of like actually teaching was, what was, if you're not making a lot of money from the job that gives you the visa, Mm -hmm. was it like how many hours? Was it just like a really simple job or what was it like? Yeah, it was really (laughs) simple. So that, that first job that I talked about in Madrid, that was a little bit more intense, um, but it was actually less money that we were being paid. But I think it was because they were offering us that um, yeah. that teacher training. It ended up being like a postgraduate program. Okay. Um, so 
I only did that for one year because it was so little money. And uh, the school that I was working at was really, really far outside of the city. I had to take a bus for like over an hour every morning. Wow. It was really far. Um, so I ended up leaving that after one year. It was a really nice school. Um, but there I was actually teaching my own classes. Um, they would split the classes into two. So you get like 15 students that you do just basic ESL classes with. Um, and it was in, in addition to the English classes they had with their, um, their Spanish teacher. And then, so I ended up, uh, getting a job with, it's called Auxiliares de Conversacion. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, what's the, what's the English name for it? Uh, I can't remember now. Cultural ambassadors or something like that. Okay. They call it, um, anyway, um, it's all over Spain and it's in the public schools actually. Um, so you're basically more of a teacher assistant, but it really depends on the teachers you end up working with. Like in some situations, you'll be a co-teacher, you'll teach together. In some situations, they're like, you have the classroom, teach. And in other situations, they like barely use you at all. So it hmm. really just depends on the teachers. Um, and also, um, you have like a, an advisor person that, um, is like in charge of you like through the school. So, um, but that job was so super easy because you really don't have any of the responsibilities of being a teacher. Like you might help out with the grading, but you're really not supposed to. Um, the Spanish teacher is in charge of all behavior management. So nice. you're really not supposed to be doing any of that yourself. Um, what else? Uh, obviously, you, you don't talk to the parents unless you happen to see them when they're picking up their kids. No marking. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so easy. You don't have to be there when you're not teaching. So, so how many um, hours a week was it, like, typically in uh, the classroom? In the classroom? I want to say, like, 10? Like, yes. yeah, not, not very many at all. Okay. So, honestly, like... It was easy to do extra jobs because you had so much free time. Yeah. Like the first school I worked at, um, they actually finished school at 2 p.m. So, and then I don't know if you know this about Spain, but they have a lot like different meal schedules than like the rest of the world. So you have breakfast early in the morning, but then you have a snack around like 11 so they'll have they would have coffee and like food for the, like little sandwiches or like different different foods for the teachers. Um, so that's like a thirty minute break, and then the students have like a little recess during that time. And then they don't eat lunch until two p.m. like when they're leaving. Okay. So that was really nice. So you have like the whole afternoon free, you know? Yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah, you can go home, take a nap, and then start working again or do whatever you like. Hmm. Yeah. So. Was the money okay once you, like, obviously had that main gig, but then you had a bunch of side gigs as well? Like, could the money be okay, or was it just, like, always the money was pretty shit? I mean, it really just depends how hard you wanted to work yourself on, in the side gigs, and if you were lucky enough to find ones that paid you well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. You only work four days a week at the school. Oh, okay. So you'll either have Friday or Monday off. Nice. Yeah. I think some unlucky people got days off during during the week but most people either had Friday or Monday okay. so it's great for traveling mm -hmm. because you can easily take a three-day weekend somewhere so where did you travel to um I was all over the place um 
I can say my favorite places that I traveled to, definitely Prague and Budapest were probably my two favorite cities. Nice. Um, but I traveled all over Spain, too. There's so many amazing places to go in Spain. Um, I think a lot of people don't go to the north of Spain. Um, it's because it's colder, um, more mountainous. I guess most people who go to Spain, they want to be on the beach all the time. Yeah. But actually, the north has beautiful beaches. Um, San Sebastian, for example, a lot of people go there. Um, in the north? In the north, yeah. Okay. That's probably the one place most people go. Um but beautiful beaches, the food is different and really, really delicious. And then they had they make um, in Asturias in the north they make this special cider. Um, it's just different from anything else I've ever seen in the world. So I can't really, really <laughs> explain good. it. I like anyway, cider. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's very bitter, so it's um, not like a sweet cider. Okay. Yeah, right? yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's good. Um, so, oh, also Portugal. I loved Portugal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure it's just like an easy little trip over to Portugal, right? Oh, so easy. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We have some interesting music happening in the background. So I don't know what's happening, but hopefully that uh, turns off soon. <laughs> it's um, that in-between music uh, uh, at the okay. school. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, so fun fact. we Courtney just moved to a new apartment, and it's like kind of on campus of where her husband works so we just heard like the in-between like classes I guess bell um okay so anyway so what was the social aspect of Spain like social life in Spain sure I mean we had a great social life um obviously in Madrid there's a huge expat community it, it depends where you live um there I mean if you're living in more rural parts um there are going to be less expats for sure um, but I love Spanish people. They're very open and friendly. Um, I have, I still have a lot of Spanish friends. Um, so, uh, the social life was great. One, one thing that was an issue was, uh, the program that we were working in, uh, was definitely, uh, it attracted more like really young people, like right out of college. Yeah. So a lot of times, I mean, I was already like, 30 something and then I'd be working with like a 22 year old yeah different so, <laughs> yeah it was it was interesting you were 30 in Spain I didn't know that well I came here I'm, I'm 36 now so yeah oh yeah okay yeah True. I turned 31 I think my first year in Spain okay wait no that's not right first year third no. year third yeah. year in Spain something like that so how know, old were you when you left the states um 28 Eight, I want to say. What? I did not know that. I thought yeah, you if were. It's been, if it's been eight years, oh, I'm wow. 36 now. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> I did not realize that. So my age, if I were you, my age, I'd still be working in the States. Yep. Huh. Okay. Interesting. That was interesting for me to realize. Okay. So. I think Spain, it sounds, I'm like, oh, I just want to go now. I wish we could travel. I know. <laughs> like, I've been dying to go that. back. I haven't been back since I left, so oh, I'm yeah. dying to go we back. We should definitely do a meetup there. But, okay, so now we are both in Shenzhen, China. We both arrived in 2017, and mm -hmm. we met through our, like, company. Um, 
So why don't you talk about a little bit about like how you decided to leave Spain, come to China, and what your experience of teaching in China has been like? Sure. Uh, well, okay. So why I moved to China, that's also kind of random. Um, <laughs> I, I actually was really looking for uh, jobs in, in Asia in general. Um, when I was living in Spain, it was just something I'd been thinking about for a while. Um, just to try something new, I really wanted to, I don't know, like put myself in a situation that was like really out of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, and I felt like Spain was, I mean, other than language difficulties and things like that, um, it was pretty easy to live there. Mm -hmm. I Very feel like the, the culture, yeah, is yeah. kind of similar to like the West. Right, right. So um, my original plan was actually to move to Korea or Vietnam. Of course, Korea. Always <laughs> Korea was mine too. It's everyone's. <laughs> and oh, by the way, um, I was planning on moving with my now husband. At the time, he was my boyfriend. Um, and because we were both teachers in Spain. Uh, we actually met working in the same school. Um, so anyway, so we, we were planning this together. He kept bringing up moving to China and I was like, no, last place I want to go is China. Yep, same. No. <laughs> so anyway, um, we ended up talking to this recruiter who was supposed to be looking for us for jobs for us in Korea. Was but it Dan? He, yeah, it was Dan. Yeah. <laughs> same. same recruiter. Same recruiter. Um, and I don't know, did you ever talk to Jason that worked yes. for Dan? Okay. Yes. So Jason was the one who convinced us to try Shenzhen because okay. he was living here. He had he wrote us this long email like talking about how cool the city is and like how great for expats. It's like um, it's a great place to live. It's really green there. Um, you know, because you think of China, you think of just mm -hmm. pollution, pollution, big cities. Like yeah, you don't think of like nice big green parks and well, like there's lots of parks. Sea and, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, um, he really, like, convinced us, so <laughs> we ended up uh, chatting with him um, back and forth for a while about Shenzhen. Um, so, so, yeah, we, um, we both interviewed for um, a teaching position with this recruiting company. Um, we actually did the interview together, which was very strange. But looking back on it now, knowing about the company, you're like, they didn't actually care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably true <laughs> yeah but I, I was like what they want to interview us at the same time yeah, together in the same video okay my interview weird. was 13 minutes long yeah, on Skype was I was like I was expecting like a full interview nope they're like do you speak English when can you come they were like come next month and I was like it, it, it took me nine months to get my visa you know I'm like I can't just like come next month but that's Haida for you right right yeah, so we made it to Shenzhen. Um, yeah, it was a long process getting all of our paperwork together and everything. Especially being in Spain, I can imagine that would be like so much more difficult. Well, the weird thing was, so I actually had gone home to the U.S. because I was like, before I go to China, I need to go home and visit my family. David, on the other hand, stayed in Spain and um, he did everything from there. So for him, it was a little more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right, so... We have both been in China for, what is it, like, oh, wow, it's 2021, so I guess maybe like three and a half years? Yeah, through, well, if you want to count the, the COVID part where we weren't here. But. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Do we story. count that? <laughs> I just count it because, like, it's just easier to yeah, group it all together. Right? Yeah. 
So and our minds and were here. Our our minds were <laughs> definitely in China. Yes, um, yeah. and all of our things and, all of our <laughs> and things. our pets. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. So what was your teaching experience like in China? Because you really kind of like started at the bottom and like definitely have worked your way <laughs> up for sure. So. What was that kind of like for you and what certifications did you get to kind of make that happen? Sure. Um, so I came here just having a TEFL certificate in the beginning and my first job was in a public school. Um, I honestly did not like that job. Um, I just kind of made it through the year and it, it was mostly, I just, I just felt like I wasn't being used for my potential as a teacher at all that I was just kind of like a foreign face in their school that was just there for show. Um, so my classes were each 50 students. I had um, how many different classes? I was teaching fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, um, all of the classes. So I think there were like seven classes in each grade, something like that. It was just a ridiculous amount of classes. And I only saw them once every two weeks. So oh, yeah, I forgot you were like bi-weekly. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So I was working like very, very few hours. Like it was very easy and also very easy to plan for because um, I just saw them once every two weeks. So I literally yeah. had to do three lesson plans once every two weeks. <laughs> it was not, not bad. And then they had me do like an English corner once a week after school where they would uh, have like smaller groups of students together and we mostly just played games like in English, things like that. It's pretty easy, honestly, very easy job. And honestly, for what, what I was doing, I think they paid us pretty well. Yeah. Um, it was definitely enough to survive Live. on. Yeah. Um, even save a little if you were careful. Um, I do think though, if you're, listening to this like definitely the salary has gone down much more <laughs> for those companies mm. so I don't which think is surprising where do they get their teachers from yeah I don't know it's a, it's a good like starting out in China position mm -hmm. you know it's a it, yeah it's an easy way to start out they do help you out a little bit when you first get here um setting up a bank account getting your metro card um finding an apartment somewhat Helping sim card, sim card, yeah, all the, like the basic stuff. When you first get here, yeah. they definitely they help you find your school and introduce you to everyone. Yeah, and it yeah. is like a nice community. It's like that's how we met, you know, because all the people who are coming in at the same time who have no idea how to China, like we all kind of just become friends. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, so Courtney and I and her husband David, we were like. We had a group of friends of probably like 15, 20 people mm -hmm. our first year, and they were all with our same company, or most of them with our same company. And we would always hang out every single weekend. And now the three of us are, I guess, actually for Cynthia. So yeah. there's four of us who are like now the stragglers. the stragglers who stayed in China. I think everyone else went back to either their home country, Canada, or America, or the UK. Oh, Michael. Michael's here too. Michael didn't really come when we all came, though. Oh, no, he came earlier, right? Yeah. Michael and then was Jason in Hanjo. too came later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we are the sole survivors. All right. So in terms of, I'm interested, like comparison of China and Spain, um, in just in terms of everything, like living, making money, teaching, social life, like 
how would you compare those two? Hmm. Um, I would say there's, as far as teaching goes, there's so much more opportunity in, in China than I had in Spain. Um, the issue in Spain with, uh, with job searching is that um, to get an actual work visa and work in like the private schools or the international schools there, um, you basically have to prove that there's no one with a European passport that can do that job. Um, or the school has to prove that. So work visas can be extremely expensive. So most of the time they'll just hire within the EU. So it's really, really hard to um, get like a higher paid position in, I think in Europe in general, but definitely in Spain. Okay. Um, so, cause I, I tried, I, I was looking into it and it was just not happening. Yeah. Um, but in China it's, it's easy, honestly. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say the whole visa process is easy. There's a lot to it. There's so much paperwork that you have to get collected and mm -hmm. verified and whatever, changing hands a million times. But, um, but in the end, you do have the job. And um, there's just tons of opportunity for growth also as mm -hmm. a teacher. If that's something you're interested in. Yeah. So what about in terms of how much you make and social life comparing the two? Okay. So, um, salary, um, like I said, in Spain, it was a struggle all the time. Um, and here I don't think I have struggled at all. And if anything, every year I'm making, making more, um, definitely seen my savings accounts grow and actually, um, it feels really good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, obviously, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> some cuts into that. But, yeah, definitely. Uh, but you know. But we're um, back, so. But you, you know, if if that had happened when I was in Spain, I would have been in really big trouble. Mm -hmm. And um, because I had savings from China and I had something to fall back on, I was fine. Yeah. Um. So that felt really good. Um. And definitely. Being able to start saving towards retirement. I know that sounds weird, but like when you think about, I've been in, I've been abroad for eight years. That means eight years. I'm sorry, you're Canadian, but <laughs> eight years that I haven't been paying into Social Security back in the U.S. Yeah. Um, eight years that I haven't had a 401k in yeah. the U.S. I have the same so, stuff in Canada too. Yeah. yeah. So like that's something that I have to think about. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Because I've thought about that too. And, you know, it's like I, like, I don't think either of us really plan any time going soon on, like, going to our home countries. So it is something that you have to think about. So, uh, okay. So what about in terms of social life? Social life. Um, honestly, both are surprisingly great. I, I guess surprisingly because it wasn't something I was expecting in China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I do have to say that um, I, I guess because um, I was more... I was more fluent in Spanish, but like uh, I was, I was able to become really close with a lot of Spanish friends. Um, whereas here, I never feel like I have that close connection with uh, Chinese people. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely with the expats, and the expat community is so close here. And I mean, if you have a question about anything, oh. it will get answered. We have. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like the food guy coming. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, hopefully he makes it to the door. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's always someone who can answer any question you have. Um, everyone's very supportive of each other. Um, 
like everyone's kind of I feel like you have to have a certain mindset to be able to live in a country like China also so everyone's just very open-minded here I mean there's obviously some people that aren't but um they're usually the ones that don't stay long term yeah I would say yeah yeah I agree I think like to be an expat anywhere I mean obviously I only have been in China but like you need a different mindset than people at home have because you're constantly meeting people from different countries with different views and like doing different things and like traveling anywhere really you know like it's just very different than home yeah for sure and I think I would say like socially one of the hardest things about being an expat is that people are constantly leaving yes and you're, you have to, you're constantly making new friends meeting new people because you, you always have every at the end of every school year you have teacher friends who are moving back to their countries or moving on to something else yeah so um it's it's hard it's something that I've definitely gotten used to but it's still hard yeah yeah that's very true I feel like I'm kind of going through that right now because I'm like I want to leave China but like all of my friends are here but then I don't know I, I do think that and maybe you feel the same way since being in China, not even my first year, just like multiple years, I've become more like I meet people and I'm just like, hey, I'm Nicole. Whereas like before, I wouldn't do that. But I also wouldn't constantly be meeting new people like back home. But here I'm just like, hey, I'm Nicole. I'll probably see you out again next weekend. Like, let's exchange WeChats, you know. Yeah, for sure. Definitely has made me um, a little bit more outgoing. Yeah. You have to be. I mean, you need, yeah. otherwise you'll just be alone all the time. No one wants that. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So... To kind of wrap it up, um, I'm interested to hear you talk about your um, like educational journey. So you started with just a TEFL, and then how did you kind of work your way up to this like good job that you're in now? Okay, so so yeah, like I said, I started with the TEFL, um, but I realized that if I wanted to be taken seriously as a teacher, I need to get a teaching license. So I actually. Um, found out that in the state of Massachusetts, as long as you have a bachelor's degree, um, and I actually have a master's degree, so that helps, um, and you can get a teaching license, you just need to pass these exams. Um, so I, actually me and a friend of mine, um, we got a book and we just started studying. Um, I ended up getting the license specifically for English, teaching English as a second language. Um, but there are many different options, pretty much anything, any subject, uh, any subject. Yeah. You need, um, I've actually been thinking about getting a second one. Um, so I can possibly teach, um, high school psychology because my mental health be background. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, I, I studied hard about like six months I was studying for, um, but I, uh, ended up passing the exams. And there was Very multiple exciting. exams, right? There are two different exams you have to take, right? Um, yeah, so, uh, one of them is more, like, grammar-based, I guess, just, like, proving that you can be a teacher. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, very simple. And then, but the ESL exam was actually, like, really specific and, I. Honestly, it was a difficult exam, but you definitely have to study for it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, I got it. Got my teaching license in the state of Massachusetts. It is like a, 
what is it called? Not preliminary. Is it prelim- preliminary license? I think it was. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so you, it don't, you can only have it for five years and you can't extend it. So if you wanted to um, get a permanent license in Massachusetts, you have to take a course, I think, in, in the U.S. and pass the course and um, then apply for, like, the second-level license. So I haven't decided what I'm going to do about that yet. Right now, I've only had it for a year, so we'll see. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's awesome. I remember you telling me about that, and it's, like, kind of nice because then you don't have to be in the States because, like, obviously neither of us plan to do that. I know some people also do PGCEs as well, so that's kind of another yeah, option. that's another option. Yeah, I've kind of looked into both of those in the past, but... Okay, well, I think that's everything that we had to chat about. I appreciate you coming on and talking about your experience in Spain and in China. I think they sound like both totally different, but (laughs) I think that's also kind of cool. Like you get to see the different cultures and teaching and everything just totally different about both countries. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Happy to do it. All right. So that concludes this episode of Nomad Geek's Lifestyle. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope that you got a little bit of insight about the differences between teaching in China versus teaching in Spain. And it's always interesting to hear a fellow expat's perspective on life and just how they really ended up in this lifestyle. So I hope you enjoyed and we will be back very soon with a new episode for you. Bye.